I have stumped him. Boy meets world? <laughs> no. No. All right. Takes place at a hospital. Scrubs? Yes. Scrubs. Ah, okay. That was a good hint. Yes. I was not going to get it without that hint. <laughs> Definitely not. I loved Love Scrubs. Did you? Yes, yes. It had a pretty like popular run. It did, and kind of a cult following a little bit too. Um, I loved Zach Braff, and then the relationship he has with his friend Turk. Um, I can't remember his name in real life, but their relationship I loved. Um, and there was um, the girl who had been on Roseanne to replace yes. Becky for like those two seasons when yes. Becky just somehow changed. Oh, what was her name? She was on it too, right? What was her name? Yes. Yeah. I, that was always, I thought, just one well, of the strangest things in sitcom history. Yes. Becky just changed. One day. And they never told you. Yep. Just. Well, then she, she came back. Different. So they, they fired the first actress, brought in the second one. And fired the second one, brought back the first. Yeah, yeah. Scrub had, had, Scrubs had great characters, though. Did it? Oh, my Maybe gosh. Maybe that's a show that we should, uh, my family and I should start streaming. Oh, Is it an appropriate show for an eight-year-old? Uh, Maybe not. I don't know. I have to go back because I watched it as a 25-year-old. So yeah. you're not thinking about I mean, that when you watch it. A little it. glimpse into our family. We have to find TV viewing that's entertaining and appropriate ages 8 through yes, 16. Which is, it's much harder than oh, what I have. It is brutal. <laughs> oh my god. It is brutal. So truth be told our oldest watches um, a lot of cartoons that he would rather not. <laughs> and our youngest does occasionally. Like we love The Office. And yes. we watch it all the time. And there are like every now and then something, it's almost always appropriate. And then it'll out of nowhere comes this episode that's just like, oh. Incredibly inappropriate. Incredibly inappropriate. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, Michael has these one-liners, too, that thankfully are usually way overheads. Yes. But, um, yes. Well, welcome, everybody, to... Oh, we're not going to keep talking about appropriate and inappropriate <laughs> sitcoms. You're going you're gonna to change the topic. It's me. time to segue. Okay. Welcome to Joel and Rob's podcast, where we explore a chapter from Brian McLaren's book, We Make the Road by Walking, who will be with us this I'm Sunday. I'm make sure we're still all okay up there. It looks like we're live. Yep. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Thank you. So we're exploring a chapter from Brian McLaren's book, We Make the Road by Walking. He was with us in October. He's going to be with us this Sunday, mm-hmm. we're still figuring out how we're going to actually do that in the best kind of tech-savvy way, but we're going to get there yep. for Sunday. But he'll be with us. We are thinking that it's going to be through Zoom and Facebook Live. So Zoom is a video conferencing app. Yep. And uh, right now, you who are watching our live stream are clearly on Facebook Live. There's a way to integrate Zoom into Facebook Live. Yes. Uh, and so that's the most likely goal, but it's actually a blessing because, um, Brian was never going to be here in person. He was always going to be here remotely. Yes. And now it's just, (laughs) everybody else is going to be here remotely as well. (laughs) This is the new norm. Yep. Yeah. Well, we're looking forward to it. We're going to, um, uh, talk to him about 
a lot of the chapters that we've explored, some of the themes that we've kind of been highlighting for the last few months in October, but also we're going to dive into these scriptures and chapters that we are currently exploring in Lent. Yes. And so our scripture for today, this is chapter 29, uh, titled Your Secret Life, comes from Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 18, which is the scripture that we explore every Ash Wednesday. It is. It's absolutely, it's the Ash Wednesday text. It is the Ash Wednesday text. So if you were with us for Ash Wednesday, uh, it will certainly um, sound familiar to you. Yep. So Jesus begins chapter 6 of, again, we're in the Sermon on the Mount, we've been talking about recently, um, uh, by talking about the importance of intentions when it comes to our spiritual practices. Mm -hmm. So the intention of prayer, is is it something that we offer, um, especially in public, to make it seem like uh, how well-versed and how well, 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 well said we are in prayers, or is it instead something that is, that is meant to be, or not meant to be um, uh, by ourselves, but the crux of it, where it really matters, where we find... Um, where we find its its home it starts when we are alone just with God. And so he talks about prayer, he talks about giving. Giving, he talks about fasting. fasting. Um, yep. The importance of of the intention with each of those and then he dives into the Lord's prayer and uh, introduces that. And we've talked about how that is in two different sections in in scripture. Matthew and Luke have versions of the Lord's Prayer. Talks a little bit about forgiveness. So first, what are your thoughts on the Scripture? What what jumps out at to you? Uh, A few things jump out. Uh, The Sermon on the Mount, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount, right? So remember, Jesus has offered the Beatitudes where he kind of redefines what it means to be blessed, what it means to... To, to be um, admired by God or what it mean, what it should mean to be admired by humanity, right? Yeah. Not blessed are the rich and the powerful, but blessed are the, the poor and the merciful and the peacemakers and the grieving. Um, and then he gets into a whole uh, dissertation, really. It's, uh, it's an amazing piece of the sermon where he goes back into the Torah and begins kind of uh, reinterpreting the law explaining that the law of the Torah goes so much deeper than we tend to think it yep. does. Mm-hmm. And then here, he's basically now, he, he's tackled you know, success and blessing and then the interpretation of the law, and now here he's beginning to preach to the people uh, about actually what it means to be, uh, religious isn't the right word, but holy, uh, what it means to seek righteous. And he again redefines it. It's not about pomp and circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about, forgive me for the phrase, but it's not about being a holy roller. It's not about being religious for the sake of religious sake. He, he, he's kind of flipped the priorities of the world upside down. And then here, he's very clearly flipping the priorities of the re- religious establishment. Around. Yeah. I mean, it's, he's basically saying, if, you know, 
doing things, doing religious acts for the sake of doing religious acts yeah. is about as worthless as it can get. That's a really good way to say it. That really is. I think you've kind of nailed it right there. Yeah. 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 So it's about, it's about the why. Yes. Uh, chapter six is very much about the why. It's not that prayer is worthless, but why do you pray? Exactly. Why do you give? Why do you fast? Do you do it to look good? Do you do it to sound good? To build yourself up in front of colleagues as pastors will often do? Yeah. Or do you do it um, because you are seeking to actually dialogue with God? Are you seeking to grow closer to God? Are you seeking to serve God in some capacity? Yeah. To experience what God wants you to experience. It's very different. One of the ways in which I think about it is, is you know, when I'm praying is, in particular, it's there's a difference between my public prayers and my private prayers. Yeah. And as a kid, I would have never wanted to pray publicly. That would have been something that, you know, religious dorky people do. Mm. I, I didn't want to do that. I was already religiously dorky enough. I was in church all the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to pray. I didn't have a very good prayer life because of it. Uh, by the time I landed in seminary, all these people who were so much more comfortable with prayer were praying all around me. And all of a sudden, my issue with prayer wasn't I don't want to pray, but it's, ooh, I need to practice my praying so that I sound better when I do it. Yeah. Because everybody around me sounds so much better than I do when they pray. Yeah. And so I better start practicing my prayer. Not in order to go grow closer with God, yeah. but because I don't sound so, you know, yeah. immature yeah. in my faith or whatever the case may be yeah. in front of all my seminary colleagues. Yeah. And how bass-ackwards was that? Yeah. We've been talking about in the Sermon on the Mount, how challenging it is. Chapters, so we're at the beginning of chapter six, chapter five. The last couple podcasts, even yesterday, in our uh, reflection um, after the scripture, just how incredibly challenging Jesus's words are in this. This is the first section of um, the Sermon on the Mount where it's actually a little glass of cool water to me. Mm. You know, I, when I read this, it actually invites me to take a step back and say, oh, oh yeah, don't worry about trying to look uber spiritual, uber religious. Let's get to the heart of why we're doing this. Yeah. And if you forget that, <laughs> he's got challenging words here. It's kind of you're missing the whole point, but to me, it is it is a breath of fresh air when I read this. Amen. You know, yeah, I think we in the church get it from probably read it a little bit differently from people in the pews or people uh, we work who work in the church probably read this a little bit differently than folks in the pews or the people beyond the church too. Yeah, because. Our pressure is to sound and act religious. Religious. Um, and then people in the pew, you know, all of our meetings at the church tend to begin and or end 
the prayer. And if staff's there, the common kind of assumption, not with all of them, but a lot of the time, is just that staff will lead the prayer. Yeah. But the truth is, we should actually probably refuse to lead the prayer. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't, A, because we want to be liked, <laughs> and we're comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. Yep. But in some meetings, committee meetings, we're actually getting there. Good. We and that's are. great. And, and it's, a, it's a flip. Because it's not that we shouldn't, it's not that we shouldn't refrain from praying out loud. It, it's it's a both and. It's when we we should pray in private. Jesus is saying, but when we we also should pray in public, but simply without caring about what other people think of our prayer. Yeah, because our prayer while it includes the other people in the room, the prayer is not to them. The prayer is to God. Exactly. And so our prayer does not need to be pleasing to anybody other than God. Yes. You know? So there's a real difference between including people in the prayer you're making to God and then thinking that you need to pray in a way that you're praying almost to the people in the room. And... That's a great point and how often I forget that. And I've occasionally tried to remind myself, okay, there is a group sitting around this table right now. Like In my mind, add one person mm. being God's spirit. Ooh, that's great. Visualize whatever that is for you, but visualize God there with us. And how does that prayer change? Because often, <laughs> you don't see that. I, I, I don't cognitively remember that in the prayer. The prayer is often, as you said, it's, it's to sound eloquent uh, and offer a good prayer, a meaningful prayer. But it changes when you know we trust God is in this space with us right now. And so how does that prayer... Mm sound and look different and if we can take that on yeah. and it starts it starts right here um, if we can take that on what does that yeah. look like i'm going to go off on a little bit of tan of the tangent but it reminds me one of the things we're doing right now during covid-19 is we're going to start practicing more intentionally a spiritual practice yeah and prayer sits at the heart yeah. of just about every spiritual practice, right? So there's prayer as a spiritual practice, but even fasting, journaling, Lectio Divina, scripture reading, at the heart of all of those, you know, is prayer. Yes. It's communion with God. Yes. And one of the things that has really blessed my personal prayer life, uh, because just confessionally, as pastors and what we do, it's, you know, there are times the prayer well will run dry and, and we're not engaging the discipline like we should. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the website, it's it's a Roman Catholic website actually, but it's sacred space. It's on our it's on our website. Yep. They they frame it very much almost. They have this kind of Ignatian discipline that's part lectio divina. It's part examine. It walks you through a scripture, but it also walks you through kind of a guided prayer. But 
as you move through it, it, it gets you to this point every time where it basically says, okay, you know, God is sitting there with you. Yeah. Now converse with God. Yeah. Just talk. Silently if you need to, but they encourage you. And I think this is helpful to do it out loud. Yeah. Actually talk to God, just yes. the two of you. Yes. You're um, able to articulate your thoughts a little more when you actually talk out loud. I've done that myself, too. Yeah. yeah. So I found that very helpful. Yeah. It's, and it, it's part of our conversations we've been having about prayer on Sunday morning when we gather together in worship. How we have the Lord's, we have, sorry, our communion prayer, and then we often have three weeks or two weeks of prayers of the people, which whoever's not praying, one of us gets up and offers this. Whoever's not preaching. Sorry, whoever's yeah. not preaching. And let's be honest, it's a, it's a prayer that we have sat down and we've scripted and we've thought intently about it. But yeah, it, I wonder what Jesus But it would is a scripted that. prayer it's very scripted. that has been um, crafted to sound um, eloquent and hopefully meaningful. And I think they are meaningful, and those prayers are very impactful. Yet we have all been talking about how do we, how do we um, off, at the same time offer opportunities for us as a community of faith to all of us pray um, instead of not having one person pray yeah. on the behalf of the of our congregation. Yeah. And so we have been talking about that, and we're it's on our to-do list. Yeah, we're, we're exploring it. Liturgically, it's called the prayers of the people. Yeah. Right? I mean, yes. it's... It's it's all, it's all of our prayers. It's prayers. It's yep. plural. The prayers of the people, plural. Yep. It's... it's so one person can lift it up on behalf of Right. But yeah. I think there's absolutely something to participation and even even more authentic communal ownership of the prayer somehow, which yeah. is what we've been talking about. The other thing that that reminded me of is you you've been very creative. Um, not my creativity there is not my forte, but you see this really well, Joel, you know, with um, with the call to worship or doing things liturgically in the midst of the service to change it up and make it more prayerful or more participatory somehow, even to the point of, um, like on Youth Sunday, the call to worship was the youth going down and just yeah. naming, yeah. coming up with a yeah. name for God. Like that was that was awesome. Yeah. Or we've talked nice. about having a, a call to worship that's, that's really kind of call and response or just even maybe asking you know, the worshipers to turn to their neighbor and name something or, yes. uh, you know, because all of our liturgy and our worship, I mean, it bears mentioning, I guess, our call to worship, our prayer of confession, the peace, the prayer of dedication, uh, it's all prayer. Yes. It's all prayer. Like the call to worship, it's a litany, but it's a prayer, right? We're, we're yeah. really talking to God mm -hmm. in the call to worship. Yep. Now fasting, that I don't have a, I don't have any issues with fasting because I don't fast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So when Jesus gets to the fasting part, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't brag about my fasting. <laughs> I don't look horrible because of my fasting. That, I might, I might look bad because I refuse to fast. That is the lost and forgotten spiritual discipline, isn't it? Oh my gosh. 
I've done it just a handful of times. And if you don't do it regularly, it is so hard. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I did it just years ago. A couple of friends and I, during Lent, we picked one day and just skipped lunch. And we got to dinner and just massive headache, um, anxious, <laughs> borderline just angry. I mean, <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, this is horrible. You're uh, hating each other. Was this in seminary or college? Uh, in between, oh, when okay. I was a youth director. Just a oh, couple of youth director Chicago. friends okay. and I were doing this. Um, so The youth difficult. would go home, I don't know what's going on, but Joel's a real jerk. <laughs> All right, so what did you, what spoke to you about Brian's chapter? Let's spend a couple minutes on that. Yeah, this is a strange week. We spent a lot of time in the scripture, not nearly as much. We did 20 minutes of the scripture. Um, He does a really good job, I think, Brian does, of lifting up the whole um, practice in private so you can share it in public. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not about looking good in public. It's about sharing the qualities that you're developing in public. So, you know, with generosity, that's a really good example. Yep. You know, we don't give for show. Yep. We give to make a difference. Yep. Um, you know, pra- practice working on ourselves so that we can make a difference in the world around us. It's not about ourselves. It's not about serving our needs. It's actually about even prayer and fasting and giving, right? Mm-hmm. We work on ourselves so we can better serve the world around us. Yeah. Yep. It's the whole why. It's why do you do this? And he does a great job, Brian does here, on page 30, 137 at the top paragraph. He gets at the heart of it so well of Jesus's words. If we don't withdraw from public view, we will habitually turn our spiritual practices into a show for others, which will sabotage their power to bring deep change in us. Amen. Uh, so it's that well deep said. that deep change is really what Jesus is getting after, Brian's saying. I was going to preach a sermon on this chapter. Yeah, I Matthew, remember that. And uh, in this chapter, and it never happened because COVID-19 came and we closed the church. This was... Now, two Sundays ago. Yes. But that sermon was really going to be based on kind of my own journey of having to develop an awareness of how much I cared what other people thought of me. Mm. And then in order to grow in my faith, figuring out, in order to actually begin to find a lot more joy in life, frankly, that, that was kind of an aha moment for me is in order to, to not only grow in faith, but begin living the joy, right? That Brian says Jesus is really speaking of. Yes, here. the aliveness. Ha- learning learning to care less and less and less about what people think of me. Yeah. Like, and there's a difference. There's an important difference between caring about people and caring about what they think of me. And the truth is I still care what people think of me. Yeah. But I think... What I care about is not that I'm cool or handsome or strong or wealthy or hopefully that I'm that I'm caring yeah. and nice and I don't know. Like my kids will be the first to tell you I am a silly, goofy guy. 
Yeah. My you know this. Yes. My humor is goofy. Yep. If it's if it's potty humor, I'm gonna love it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love playing jokes and uh, telling jokes. Uh-huh. I love laughing. I love being silly. Yep. It took me the better part of two two and a half decades of actually letting myself figure out just how goofy of a guy I really am. Yeah. And life got so much more enjoyable when and, I realized that. And like that side of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just embrace it. And yeah. there's a lot of joy in, for me, in being stupid and goofy. Yeah. And, and doing goofy things with my kids. Yeah. It's like my favorite pastime. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I hear you saying that you're, you are um, continuing to love and accept and appreciate who you really are deep in your core and not just what the world sees. Who you are deep down. Is that what I hear you kind of saying? Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. Um, and it's still a journey in process because like I said, I mean, I think, well, I mean, definitely still care about what other people think. Um, well, Brian is a good way of saying this at the end of the chapter on page 139. He says, the invitation for us is not with how we want to appear in public, but who we want to be in secret. Yeah. Oh, I love that right there. There's a line, and I think it's often attributed to C.S. Lewis, but I don't think it was C.S. Lewis, but it's something like um, integrity is what you do when no one's looking. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I take from this chapter is who do I want to be in secret? Mm. Who and it and that is what's the words I want to say there? I think that's just the invitation. It's but it's invitation I've never heard before when I've read these scriptures. Amen. Well said. Who do I want to be in secret? I need to still chew on that for a little while. Um, wow. That's really well said. Yeah. Boy, that's something to think about, folks. Who do you want to be in secret? That, that, that'll preach. It will. That's a, that's a sermon one day, Joel. <clears throat> Page 139, second to, last, second to last paragraph from Brian. Amen. Anything else? No, I feel like I dominated this conversation. <laughs> I apologize. It's good. I'm happy that, that you, you had a lot of, of good... coffee went... <laughs> Some great stuff to say. Well, I'm looking forward to this Sunday um, when, when we gather with Brian. Um, and I'm looking forward to tomorrow night. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, I'm looking forward to gathering together, all of us, and together practicing a spiritual practice. So this is kind of what we've been talking about eventually doing here in worship. We came to our prayers. Was For the actually, prayers of the people, yes. Yes. Taking Thank a, you. That, I was trying to think of that. And I, taking, a, taking a Sunday and, um, and praying, but having it be a spiritual practice that involves prayer. That's kind of what we're going to do tomorrow night. Yeah. Uh, and then we'll be back on Wednesday for our next podcast. Yep. And next Wednesday, we'll still be catching up. Yeah. We've got... Th- one but, more. But then I think we are caught up, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And so then one on Monday, and so we're going to be coming again every Monday and Wednesday at 1 o'clock, or today I think we were a little late. We were 10 after 1. 
but right around one o'clock, come to facebook.com slash thousand prez, wherever you are now. Um, and, uh, we'll be doing, uh, the podcast on either the chapter that week of we make a road by walking or on a topic, uh, that we will be developing, yep. uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays, Janess is going to be doing Facebook live at one o'clock. Uh, but she will be specifically doing something regarding family faith formation. And again, Tuesday nights at seven, Yep. the spiritual practice. Yep. Worship is at 10, uh, Sunday mornings. For live streaming ish well yeah <laughs> oh my gosh boy was this sunday so this is the right setup that we have right now yeah and this is how it was going to be yesterday i'm and you did a ton of work last week rob you're you, sweet you, you don't really have to say that. you really did but it so I, we're eager to go and see facebook degrades the the video image we know that but what we have right now we hope is a is a better quality with that is ultimately going to give us a lot more options for our live streaming of our worship. Yep. Um, but uh, so we'll be here at ten o'clock ish on Sunday mornings, and Janess is going to start offering uh, church school for all elementary school ages. That's going to go out actually not on Facebook Live. We don't think uh, because we have some privacy concerns. We we don't want children's faces and names to go out uh, on a social media platform. So we're still exploring the best way, but we think it's going to be happening through Zoom, which is a video conference. So worship is going to be at 10, and then church school will happen most likely through Zoom this Sunday at 11. Mm -hmm. So keep on joining us, however it is you're able to. And again, if you can't join us live, everything is going to be stored uh, all our Facebook Lives are stored both on our Facebook page and on our website. And anything that we do on Zoom is going to be stored on our website as yeah. well. And check out Faith at Home at, at TowsonPress.org. We've added yeah. a lot of videos um, and a couple websites that you should really explore. When you get a little time, check them out. It's They're just, good. Yeah, the, 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 the resources have just about doubled. So yep. check it out. And thanks for joining us. Until then, we will see you at Towson Prez. And tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Peace.